Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. It's Scout Fantasy Sports. It is Scout Fantasy Sports here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. I am Adam Ronis, solo for the final hour, taking you until 4 p.m. Eastern as we do every weekday. You can catch this show live 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern or on demand anytime you want. You can follow me on Twitter at Adam Ronis, on the gram at Aaron88, and find all my work, scoutfantasysports.com. We'll have an article coming out either today or tomorrow on some closers in waiting. And as I've mentioned, you know, you got to get these guys cheap right now before they become the closer. And everyone knows, and everyone's spending two $250. And then what happens if they lose the the job or they don't get it now you wasted a quarter of your budget so the goal is to always try and speculate on these guys early as soon as you see some signs and get these guys cheap there's one guy that i'll be mentioning in there that i did get for cheap over the weekend so just kind of waiting now to see if he gets the gig but i'll have that article up we got the weekly positional rankings from sean childs uh dr roto with uh NFL draft three need to happen draft day trades and Sean Childs has his top five wide receivers in the draft. That article is just posted. He's done quarterbacks and running backs as well. We got a lot on the NFL draft as well. There's a nice scouting report, uh, one file of uh, where you can look and see all the uh, scouting reports on the top rookies coming in with the draft coming up. So plenty of content there. You can ask your questions on the message boards in the forums as well. And ScoutDFS.com got you covered. MLB, DFS, NBA, NHL, PGA, MMA. So make sure you check that out and become a member today. Sean Childs of ScoutFantasySports.com. He's going to join me in the next segment. We'll talk baseball with him. But we'll kick it off uh, looking at the afternoon action as the Red Sox and Tigers were rained out last night. So they're playing a day-night doubleheader. Game going on right now. It is the top of the seventh. It is three to three. Xander Bogarts just hit a home run off Matthew Boyd to tie the score at three. Bogarts with his third homer of the season. Mookie Betts has driven in the other two runs. He's obviously off to a very slow start this year. Uh, has 10 RBIs on the season now. Uh, Red Sox only with three hits today. Matthew Boyd pitching well once again. Not getting a ton of strikeouts today, but I think you will take this uh, for a start in Fenway Park against the Red Sox. And, yes, their offense has really not got going yet. But Matthew Boyd with six innings, three hits, three runs, two walks, three strikeouts, 79 pitches, 54 for strikes. He now has a 3.26 ERA. On the other side, Chris Dale, pretty good start. You obviously paid for more. Uh, velocity was around 92-93. He did get more swinging strikes. It was kind of inconsistent because there were some hard contact but he also did strike out 10. He went five innings, five hits, two earned runs, two walks. Uh, did allow one home run, 97 pitches, 72 for strikes. So still sitting with a 7.43 ERA. So certainly 
some improvement there, but I think you would like to see more for what you paid of sale. Uh, Rodriguez has two hits for the Tigers. He also has Homer, Grayson Griner, the catcher for the Tigers, at his second home run of the year. Nico Goodrum with his third stolen base of the season. He's playing right field today. He's 0 for 2 with a run and a walk. Uh, Nick Castellanos 0 for 3. Miguel Cabrera 1 for 2 with a walk. He's hitting 273 on the year. They used uh, Candelario in the leadoff spot, and he continues to struggle. 0 for 4 with three strikeouts, hitting 213 with a 289 OVP. So they bumped uh, Harrison down. Josh Harrison has been hitting leadoff most of the year, but he's hitting 130 with a 200 OVP. And uh, they just really don't have that kind of ideal leadoff hitter. And uh, trying there with Candelario and obviously uh, not working right now. Uh, some of the uh, top performances and storylines from last night. We saw the return of Gregory Polanco for the Pirates. And uh, certainly coming back way earlier than I thought originally. Uh, I really didn't have him on my radar in drafts. I thought he might not be back till like mid-May, end of May. But uh, apparently he made... Pretty good progress. Now, he's coming off a shoulder injury, and you always worry about that in regards to power. Uh, we saw last year with Michael Conforto how it took a while for that power to come back. He really didn't hit his groove to the second half. They've already told Polanco that he cannot dive headfirst into bases. So, um, But this is a guy that you know hit, can hit 20 homers and steal 10 bases. Now, uh, the power is definitely my concern, but he definitely should be owned in every league, and he's two for four with two runs yesterday. So... Nice start there for him and definitely returned quicker than anticipated. In the same game, Joe Musgrove was tremendous, but, man, the bullpen really blew it for him as he went six innings, three earned runs, five strikeouts. His ERA is 1.59, and Musgrove has pitched really well this year, and uh, he is someone that uh, I like a lot this year. I mentioned him as my sleeper in the preseason pro picks among NL pitchers. Because this guy has a really good slider. He pounds the strike zone. And the Pirates pitching has been really good so far this year. So this was unfortunate that he did not get the bullpen to close it out. But uh, definitely expect big things from Musgrove this year. And a big fan of him. Uh, We had Yanni Chirinos with a solid start for the Rays. Uh, Six innings, three earned runs, only three strikeouts. But he has a 3.55 ERA. And... um, I think most times you're going to run them out there the two-start week. You know, sometimes they use the opener in front of them. Yesterday they did it, and, uh, you know, I expect good things from him this year. I think something else that you are also looking at this year is, and it's a lesson that you've learned, you had to have learned in the last few years, and I still think people have not learned, is sometimes you have to buy into these quick starts quickly, at least put in a bid to find out if it's for real. And... Whether the guy's 28 and hasn't done anything or has never been given a chance. We've seen a lot of these late bloomers. And a lot of times they just don't get the opportunity or they struggle early on. They make some adjustments. And it's two players that I'm talking about. One is Hunter Dozier. And I still see people are kind of slow to buy into him. I wish I had him in more leagues. I did put in a, a bid on him a couple weeks ago. It came up short. I was able to land him in one league two weeks ago. Now, he did leave yesterday's games with back spasms. Uh, he was actually the DH instead of playing third base because they were worried about the back. And he actually homered before he left. But I think a lot of people look at Dozier and they go, oh, well, he's 27 years old. And we saw him last year and he wasn't that good. He struck out a lot. But you got to remember, this guy has a pedigree. He was a first-round pick in 2013. He was the eighth overall pick. Uh, 
He's cut down on the strikeouts. He's increased the walk rate. And those are two statistics that can stabilize relatively quickly. He's got seven home runs and 12 RBIs. The Royals have moved him up. Uh, they bumped Soler down, and Dozier, Dozier's been hitting cleanup. He's got a 430 OBP. Uh, and if he's still out there, and I'm sure he's not by now, but maybe in a more shallow league he is, you got to get this guy. And, you know, he's hitting the ball hard. Even last year with his struggles, when he was making contact, he had a 45% hard hit rate. He's hit more fly balls this year. And sometimes it, it takes a while for guys to figure it out. And it's definitely worth speculating on. What about the people that put in, you know, $30, $40 bids for Dozier a couple weeks ago? That's how you get it done. You know, if you wait around too long, uh, sometimes you miss the hot streak and you wind up overpaying. But if Dozier's out there, certainly worth picking up at this point. And the other guy is uh, Christian Walker, who is off to another uh, well, another good game yesterday. His seventh home run. And another guy that's 28 years old. Now, didn't have the pedigree that Dozier had, but a guy that has shown big-time power in the minor leagues and seemed to always be blocked wherever he was at. Remember uh, with the Diamondbacks, he had Paul Goldschmidt in front of him, and Goldschmidt's gone, and for a while, at least going into the year, it didn't look like he might get the opportunity either. You know, they had Jake Lamb at first. It looked like Flores was going to be at second, but Lamb got injured, and Walker was playing anyway, and now with Lamb out, you know, Walker's going to get some playing time for quite a bit. And, you know, he does strike out 20.8% of the time, but 10% walk rate. He's got seven homers, 13 RBIs, also has three stolen bases. And he's batting 347. Now, that's not going to last. He's got a 429 batting average of balls in play. He's a career 250 hitter. But what you're looking for here is the power. And, you know, a lot of times people will not buy into this and tell you, yeah, well, look at the pedigree. It doesn't matter if the guy's 28. We've seen a lot of players over the last few years emerge at that age so you got to take your chances on some of these guys uh before it's too late because if you wait around too long uh it doesn't get done uh dexter fowler is heating up uh he was four for five three runs four rbis in his first homer of the season and he is someone that i picked up over the weekend in a couple leagues really out of desperation and he was hitting well and the playing time is there for now now the cardinals could get some guys back it looks like Tyler O'Neill's about to start a rehab assignment. Harrison Bader could be back. But they paid Fowler money, and my guess is he'll be in the lineup for a little bit. Now, nothing has really changed. He hasn't made any improvements. The strikeout and walk rate is similar last year. He's always been a pretty good OBP guy. Uh, but I think he's more of a short-term fill-in. And look, if he catches fire and it's a good Cardinals lineup, maybe he sticks. Uh, but certainly right now, uh, he is producing. And to me, more of a short-term fill-in. The guy that... Uh, has really struggled as Travis Shaw. He had a second home run yesterday, but man, he is just not playing well at all. And you got to wonder uh, if the Brewers stick with him here. And uh, his strikeout rate is way up, and he's got two homers, six RBIs, batting 182. So he's a guy to keep an eye on because, uh, you know, people were expecting big numbers from him, especially with that position versatility. Uh, Jorge Polanco, I, I kind of wish I ranked him higher. I had him top 10 at shortstop last year before the PED suspension. You know, I was all over Jorge Polanco. I had him in a lot of leagues. This year, I didn't have him as ranked highly. And again, I like him. I have him in quite a few leagues. The problem was there were so many good shortstops. And it's like, okay, how high do I put him? And there were other teams where maybe I had a shortstop in the middle infielder. I thought there was depth at middle infielder this year. 
and it prevented me from getting Polanco. Uh, and I, I wish I had him in more league because uh, this guy's for real. Uh, love the situation he's in. He's hitting second often most of the time in that Twins lineup again, which I really like a lot. He had a really good night last night. Showing some good power so far, too. We haven't really seen the stolen bases yet. He only has one attempt, and he was caught stealing. But he's got four homers, 14 runs, nine RBIs, batting 392. And uh, definitely has the potential here. I mean, someone was asking me about him. Uh, I think he was available, like, on the waiver wire. And I'm like, yeah, you got to get this guy. Even in a 10-team league, I mean, he's certainly someone that should be owned in all leagues at this point. And uh, I see big things for him this year, especially – when that Twins lineup really gets going. Of course, he has you know, cooled off a little bit. Uh, he'll cool off at some point, but definitely like him for this year. Uh, and I would definitely do what I can to get him on my team at this point. Uh, Robinson Cano's back in the lineup today for the Mets, so he's had that hand injury. He was going to pinch hit, but uh, when they came, uh, announced it, they changed pitchers, so they took him out. Uh, Blake Snell is going to make his return Wednesday against the Royals. So that would be tomorrow. So good news there. I'm sure there's a lot of people, though, in weekly leagues that probably had Blake Snell benched. And it will be too late to make that move because the Rays did play yesterday. So uh, there wasn't – it's not your fault because uh, they made it seem uncertain yesterday uh, about whether he'd be ready to return. So remember he had that fractured fourth right toe. But it looks like he'll be back tomorrow. That's really good news as he gets to start against the Royals. And Blake Snell was off to a really, really good start uh, for the Rays there. Joey Votto's back in the lineup. He had missed consecutive games due to back tightness. But he'll be back in there. Not off to a good start for him. Batting 227, a 311 OBP. We never see that from a guy like uh, Joey Votto. Um, also, we got... Uh, G-Man Choi on the restricted list due to a personal matter. He also had a calf injury over the weekend, so that's something to uh, keep in mind as well. I mentioned Hunter Dozier. He's not in the lineup today with those back spasms, so it's something to keep an eye on. Uh, Bo Bichette, the top prospect for the Blue Jays, he has a broken left hand. He was hit by a pitch on Monday. He's going to get a second opinion, and after that, We'll know the timetable. And I think there were some people who were stashing Bichette in the hopes that he would be getting the call. Now, we haven't seen Vladimir Guerrero Jr. yet. A lot of rumors were that he was going to be called up today. Now it's looking like it potentially could be over the weekend, but he should be there soon. And Bichette wasn't off to a sizzling start at AAA. He was hitting 250 with a 310 OBP and a 404 slugging with one home run, five extra base hits, and three steals in 14 games. So obviously this is going to push him back, and that's unfortunate. Nick Birdie was pitching very well for the Pirates. I was actually going to put him in uh, this article for potential closers in case Felipe Vasquez got hurt. Vasquez has been down. I don't think he would lose his job, but this was more a case of Birdie was pitching better than Keona Kayla. But uh, he was pretty emotional on the mound last night. They're saying he has a strained biceps tendon and flexor mass, so at least there's no tear, nothing broken, because uh, it did not look good for him. Uh, so we'll see what the timetable is for him. And Nate Eovaldi, he had surgery today to remove a loose body from his right elbow. So they're looking at about six weeks for him. So you're looking at a return in the beginning of June. And he wasn't really good so far this year. He was good in his last outing against the Yankees. And look, you knew this about Eovaldi if you drafted him. I only took him in one league. After that, I kind of backed off. I didn't want to have too much investment. We knew the upside if he had pitched well. But we also knew... This guy has a history of injuries, and you weren't expecting many innings. I mean, you couldn't expect more than 120. So, uh, And we're probably not going to get that at this point. So 
Uh, that's just uh, unfortunate, but not a surprise. If you drafted Eovaldi, you had to be expecting that uh, because uh, it's just his history. Keep an eye on the Astros prospect, Jordan Alvarez, man. This guy's been tearing it up at AAA, and you wonder how long is it going to be before he gets the call. He homered again yesterday. He was 3-5 for five with a homer and a double. Uh, he's homered in three of the last four games. He has 10 home runs. So he's 21 years old, and he is just crushing it down there in the minor league. So uh, that might be a guy if you have the room. The problem is you really can't stash a lot of guys right now. With all the injuries, it's just really difficult, especially if you're in a league with no, no IL spots. Obviously, if you have them, it's a lot easier to do uh, because you could just put those guys on the injured list, and it also depends on how deep the format is. But that's just a name to keep in mind. Uh, for the deeper formats. When we return, I'll be joined by Sean Childs, ScoutFantasySports.com. We'll talk some baseball with him. That is ahead right here, Scout Fantasy Sports and the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. The morning after. I'm not even saying Kyler Murray's the best player on the board, and I don't think a lot of teams think that Kyler Murray's the best player on the board. But there's 32 general managers in the NFL, and the saying is, it only takes one to think that he's that good. Kyler Murray has to go to Arizona. They've already told you as much. They've alienated the kid they drafted last year. You can't have him on the roster. So the only reason you wouldn't have him on the roster is because you take Kyler Murray. I think it's a foregone conclusion. Weekdays, 9 a.m. Eastern on FNTSY Radio and on your popular podcast providers. The following ad contains shocking material. Listener discretion is advised. Is someone in your family playing a dangerous game of Russian roulette? Over 43,000 people die a year from drug overdose. 120 people a day. Five people every hour. One person every 12 minutes. 88,000 people die every year from alcohol abuse. Over 240 people a day, 10 an hour, one person every six minutes. Somebody you know may be next. Learn how to help someone you love get away from the drugs, alcohol, and bad influences. With the FMLA, people can take a leave of absence from their job and still keep it. Call now and learn how we can help you. 866-484-9621 866-484-9621 That's 866-484-9621 DailyRoto.com Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Back here it is Scout Fantasy Sports on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Adam Rhodes is here until 4 p.m. Eastern. Make sure you check out ScoutFantasySports.com for all your NFL draft prep. Got a lot of articles up on some of the top prospects as well as your fantasy baseball coverage. And a big part of that it is Sean Childs from Scout Fantasy Sports. He joins me now. Sean, what's up? Uh, just getting ready to turn the page to football. Yeah, already, man, right? It's late April. We just finished all our baseball prep and uh, see you doing a lot of fantasy football coverage, uh, getting ready for the draft this week. Yeah, it's going to be exciting to see where some of these top players end up. 
Uh, but let's talk some baseball. Obviously, a lot of injuries going on right now. How have your high-stakes teams handled it? Have you been hit hard, or have you been fortunate to avoid it, man? Because I got a couple that you know have six, seven injuries, and it's, it's been tough to advocate right now. Yeah, I've been pretty fortunate. I got one really good team in the NFBC Maine that I lost Trey Turner, but I, I've hung in there pretty good with steals. Um, I have Tim Anderson to, and Bellinger running a little bit. So, so far, so good. And I, I don't have any of the top pitchers, so I haven't had any uh, the front guys blowing up, even though my ERA and whip are kind of trailing. Obviously, you were very high at Cody Bellinger going into the year. We talked, I think it was the NL Labor Draft, where you went – $36 on him, and a lot of people probably said, wow, he spent a lot. Uh, Bellinger's making you look like a genius so far. Yeah, I'd be more of a genius if I'd end up in every main event, but I, I liked him, and I would have taken him in every draft if I had the right team, team structure and he fell to the right spot. Um, but I made sure in my last draft that I got him in my main event because, uh, you know, like you said, I was really high on him, and I just, you know, trying to get that extra good piece to the puzzle early, and it's just, you know, tough when you're trying to finesse the ADPs. That's for sure, yeah. A lot of times in the draft, it really depends on where you can get them. I have him in two, three leagues, and obviously it's been a lot of fun to, to watch him. He's teared it up. I mean, in home runoff, Josh Hader the other day, he's stealing bases. Uh, I think Christian Yelich has been the talk of fantasy, but if it wasn't for him, I think uh, Cody Bellinger would get it a lot more attention. He's just on a roll right now. But there are players who are struggling, and uh, one of them is Travis Shaw. Uh, he had a home run yesterday, but it's been a real slow start for him. Is he someone that you're worried about, or you think uh, he'll turn it around? I am kind of concerned. Um, I'm a partner helping a guy in, in the NFBC and a couple of high stakes teams in the uh, like the Diamond, the Platinum, or some auction league, and uh, he has him in both at, to play at second base. And you know, I'm kind of concerned he's not going to work out. I know he's still batting in the middle middle of the lineup, but strikeouts seem too high. And you know, I know he hit a home run last night, but I don't know. It's just it's kind of frustrating, you know, especially his approach seems like it's declining. Uh, who were some of the guys that you were aggressive on in Fab over the weekend? Did you spend any big money? Was it a light week for you? Who were the guys that you went after in your high-stakes leagues over the weekend? Um, I went after Cody Anderson. I thought he was a pretty good fit. Pitched good uh, a couple years ago. Went 12-4 and with an ERA under uh, three. I thought Milwaukee was going to win some games. He was capable of filling in pretty good. Some of those young guys didn't step up. Uh, I took a shot. If I was looking for a double starter with Chris Bassett, uh, the teams I ended up with them, you know, pretty happy. You know, kind of a little regret that I didn't get them in a couple more spots. At least, you know, when you're chasing uh, those double starters and you can get a win on Monday and, a, you know, no runs and a few Ks, you got to be pretty happy with it. And he might stick for a little while. And Oakland's overall pitching hasn't been great. Um, uh, probably took Brian McCann as a, you know, second catcher in a few leagues, trying to upgrade in the 15-team leagues. Um, and then one team in the high-stakes market, Bo Bichette, got dropped. And uh, unfortunately, he got hit by a pitch last night. And it looks like he's going to miss some time. Yeah, I just talked about that. So you, you didn't pick him up. You were looking at him for next week, correct? No, I picked him up on Sunday before he oh. got hit by the pitch. So, oh, But wow. I was carrying, I'm carrying him on a few teams. So now you're in a... You know how you know how long is he going to be out? Is he worth carrying? But you know what we saw what Mondesi did in the second half of last year. So he has that type of uh, skill set where he can be impactful. But you know, is he going to miss six weeks? Is he going to miss eight weeks? So you know, All Star break. It's going to be, you know, team structure is going to be the key if you can keep him and in and if you need the speed or whatever, you know, happens with his overall skill set. Talking to Sean Childs, ScoutFantasySports.com. Luke Weaver's off to a good start. He's got 24 strikeouts in 20 and two-thirds innings 
Are you buying Luke Weaver for the rest of the year? Uh, I hope so. I I had a had him on a few teams last week. I think only one out of four in the lineup because of uh, double starters lining up wrong, the wrong week and I missed on a great start. Was afraid of the land a little bit, but you know he pitched a great game and I think that moving forward he's going to be a pretty good arm. His minor league resume supports uh, you know major league success. He just has you know hasn't translated so far, but. Uh, you know, change of scenery seems to be working out for him, and hopefully can be a little more consistent from start to start. Uh, Mike Soroka was one of the big fab spends over the weekend that I saw in a lot of leagues. He obviously has had one start, has had some shoulder issues, and we've seen the fluctuation in the Braves starting rotation. Were you in on Soroka? Uh, do you like him, or was the price just too high for what you saw uh, the bids going for? I, I liked him. I, I didn't bid high enough to get him. I, I think I was a runner-up in one fifteen-team league, but I went in the you know, you know one forties maybe. I knew he would go high. I saw the week before. I got a couple questions right on Sunday night about that Tukey guy for Atlanta, and I, I was like, I'm not buying him. He's not the better pitcher. You know, Soroka might get called up this week, and um, you know, he's the guy you should be spending on it. And unfortunately, both people asked me. Uh, spent well over 100, and I wish probably wish that they had the money the following week to go after Soroka. But um, he, if he could stay healthy, and, and he's had health concerns two years in a row, um, if he can stay healthy, he's going to be a nice arm for Atlanta. And I, you know, I wish I would have uh, been able to afford him, but you know, unfortunately, I, I can't spend a couple hundred dollars on a pitcher that I can't trust his health. But I think he is, he has the potential to be that kind of arm, though. Uh, another Brewers player who's struggling is Jesus Aguiar, and he always put up good numbers in the minor league. Got the chance last year and had a big year, but it's been a slow start for him. Uh, is he someone you're worried about, especially with Eric Thames in the background, or do you think Aguiar will figure things out? Yeah, I mean, he's if he keeps struggling, he's going to lose some playing time. And Thames, it seems seems like he's you know hitting a little bit, and he wants to get in the lineup. So if Thames gets hot, it could push Aguiar on the bench, and you know he might have to work his way back in. So. Uh, you know, it's almost like the reverse of last year. You know, Thames got hurt. Aguiar got the opportunity this year. Aguiar is struggling, and Thames is going to come back and steal the job back from him. So um, I'd probably buy insurance if I could buy, get Thames just in case if I owned Aguiar. Uh, I think some people were liking you, Darvish, this year because he's the cheapest he's been in years, but it's been another sluggish start for him. 18 walks and 22 and two-thirds innings. He's allowed six home runs. Is he someone you need to be patient with, or you think his days of uh, being one of the top starters is done? I'm so happy he pitched good late in spring training <laughs> because he, his draft value went high enough where he was overpriced for me, and I, did, I would have been tempted if he slid like 13th, 14th round, but when he was getting drafted inside a nine, it, it just helped avoid a you know a potential pitfall and. Uh, you know, he just, he just seems like he had a live arm early in his career. He got hurt, and, and Tommy John surgery, he just hasn't been the same pitcher. And he, he's frustrating, and, you know, maybe he bounces back. But, um, you know, I suppose if he got dropped in the waiver wire, I'd be, you know, take a second look at him. But, but for now, I, I'd be frustrated and looking for uh, more upside, especially in shallow leagues. Talking to Sean Childs, you can find him scoutfantasysports.com. Uh, Homer Bailey has looked good in a couple of starts. Are you buying in, or is this just a mirage? I, I he had those double starts last week, I, or I think it was last week or the week before, and they, he struggled in the first one, pitched pretty good, and I think he followed up with a decent start. But um, I think he's only worth a flyer in the AL league as a long term. I mean, if he's got double starts and they look favorable, and you know, as as far as matchup and you know, home field, maybe I would take a shot. But I'm. I, 
he seems like he's just, you know, he's just a kind of a tease and he's tempting, uh, you know, you know, sometimes, and he's going to blow up and catch you once in a while. So uh, I, I don't trust him as a, you know, a plug and play. What is your strategy with a guy like Julio Urias of the Dodgers? We know they're going to send him to the pen. Uh, he's flashed at times. You know that the Dodgers are probably going to experience more injuries. You know, Rich Hill, can he stay healthy? Kershaw, Maeda, Ryu. Do you hold Urias in a 15-team league because he can even maybe be effective in relief? Or uh, I know it depends on what the roster composition is, but if you have him, is he a guy you're looking to hold on to? I have actually have him in one main event that's off to a slow start, but I, I'd hang on to him. His innings are going to be limited this year, so you're going to wait for your opportunity. And so, like you said, somebody will probably get injured and he'll get some starts. And if he is, you know, gets a long-term tennis, 12 starts in a row, he can be dynamic. So um, maybe he's going to be the player that helps you more in the second half, like Bueller kind of peaked last year down the stretch. So I, I'd carry him if I can. Um, and if he was on the wave wire, I'd probably look into roster him if I don't have too many injuries. How about a guy like Nick Pavetta? You know, a lot of people were excited for him, and I was just stunned at how high he went in drafts. I thought the price was too high, and the Phillies sent him down to the minor leagues last week. We know that the strikeouts are there, but the other numbers have not been good. Is he a guy that you try and hold on to in a 15-team league? Uh, I don't know. I mean, that that situation is going to be tricky because if Eikhoff pitches well, he, he could hold them off for a while. So, you know, Pavetta, you know, has the capability and his command seems like he's proven, but he just seems like he just gets himself into trouble. And, uh, you know, I know a drop down in class, probably get his confidence going, And but he's going to need maybe Vasquez or somebody to have a, another problem for him to work his way back in. I, he, he would be a tough hold for me, but, you know, he, he, the strikeouts are what you're looking for sometimes. So um, I could see people wanting to keep him, but I, I, I would I would be looking for somebody that's more stable. Cole Tucker went for big money in some of the NFBC leagues that I saw over the weekend. Uh, was drafted in 2014, 22 years old, and he's got a lot of speed. And obviously, that's something that's difficult to come by. He had five steals in 13 AAA games this year. Uh, hit a leadoff home run the other day. Was dropped to the eighth spot in the order yesterday. Was Tucker someone you're aggressive on? And what is your thoughts on him for this season? I had too many shortstops in most of my main events because I got Tim Anderson as a corner and I might have Correa or Turner or something. So I didn't pursue him. Um, I did draft him in the reserve round of the NL labor. I like, I thought he might offer that speed skill set, but his power, you know, he's kind of a big guy and if his power could come along, he'd kind of be an interesting player. So uh, um, I could see the need and people have, uh, you know, a little bit of problem. And I think he could be really, really helpful, especially if he could end up stealing 30, 30 plus bags and keep the job all year. So uh, overall, I think he's a pretty good addition, and uh, you know he doesn't really have anybody blocking him. So it's all about team structure there. What do you think happens with Jose Martinez? All this guy does when he gets an opportunity to play is hit. He's uh, started five straight games, has seven hits, four runs, four ribbies, a home run. Tyler O'Neill is beginning a rehab assignment. Harrison Bader's on the way back. I mean, we know that he's not a good defensive player. Do you think the Cardinals keep Martinez in the lineup somehow because of his bat? Yeah, him and Fowler have actually played pretty well and covered those couple of injuries. So uh, I, I think, you know, the hot hand sometimes overrides the defense, especially if they, you know, need if the St. Louis is struggling to score some runs and he's being productive. But, you know, it's more of a timing thing. If he gets hot for a few weeks, you ride him, and then, uh, you know, maybe you have to chuck him on your bench and wait for another opportunity. But, uh, you know, he... he 
isn't doesn't have massive power, but you know he can hit. So uh, it all it really depends on you know in a fantasy world, you know how your team's structured to handle his skill set. Talking to Sean Childs, you can find him scoutfantasysports.com. Dan Volgebach, that guy is uh, just crushing it right now. We know there's a logjam there in Seattle, but they're finding ways to get him into the lineup. Are you a believer in him the rest of the way? Can he continue? Obviously, he's going to cool off, but can this be a guy that uh, gives you 25, 30 home runs this season? Yeah, I think he's going to be on the pace, and I think he's going to hit 20-plus home runs. It's just a matter of you know, how the playing time shakes out at first base with, you know, three guys overlapping the position and what they maybe they what they do with Bruce, you know, can they play him in the outfield and then really, you know, they play Vogelbach and then Healy's, you know, going to have to deal with uh, Seager when he comes back. And if he starts to struggle, he's going to he's gonna lose some bats. But, you know, there's no saying that Seager comes back 100% healthy. So he, I think he gets a decent t- playing time going forward. He looks pretty good, kind of a bigger guy. And, uh, you know, but sometimes, you know, you know, it takes a while for these guys to figure it out in the major league level, and he seems like he's making a, making strides to being a productive player. Not that it matters, but some news here. I doubt many people are relying on him, but Matt Kemp has a broken rib. He is going on the injured list. Speaking of the Reds, I mean, they just have a lot of guys that are off to very, very slow starts right now. Uh, are any of the Reds' bats concerns to you, or do you think they'll all pick it up? We've seen Puig struggling, Peraza struggling. They moved him to the nine spot tonight. Vado struggling. Any of these guys' concerns that you think they pick it up? They should improve. I mean, they get some pretty good hitters there, and they haven't scored runs. And I think the Pirates are the two teams in that division and have pitched pretty well, but they haven't scored runs, which is probably you know a little reverse of what they uh, you thought was going to happen going into the year. So uh, they should you know come into form um, somewhat, um, maybe. Some of these players aren't going to have the explosive years that, you know, fantasy owners hope for. I mean, Puig was getting drafted in the fifth round. I got him in one spot. You know, he's going to need a lot of uh, a lot of upside to, to correct his slow start. And uh, But there is talent in that roster. So Winker is the guy that's uh, the one that's kind of interesting because, he, you know, he's kind of bounced around with limited bats, and he should play every day now. Christian Walker has been one of the more pleasant surprises this year, getting the opportunity to play, and he's thriving. He had his seventh home run yesterday. Uh, is he someone you bought into, and uh, can he be relevant the whole year for fantasy teams? Wow, he was uh, a dollar player in the NL labor, and I th- thought he had a shot to maybe work himself into bad bats, and then uh, start off hot. People paid a little bit of money, picked him up, and then he did nothing for those 10 days, and then he's been really, really good since. And, uh, you know, he's 31 home runs a couple years ago in the minors, well over 100 RBIs, and you know, even – not getting about a handful of steals. So he's guy, you know, you know, kicked around the minors for a long time and, you know, it's finally getting a chance and he's going to do his best to stay in the lineup. And based on how he's playing, I think he deserves to stay there. So, uh, but, you know, when Lamb comes back, does he get pushed back in a split role or they try find another place for him to play? Um, you know, uh, I, I, I'd be have very happy with him and I, I would try to try to stick with him as long as I can. Have you kind of changed the way you have been streaming pitchers with all of these home runs and, Pitchers struggling? Has it changed your uh, strategy at all? Uh, I pretty much have stuck to who I've drafted. Uh, you know, Bassett was the only one I tried to pick up for double starts this week with the idea of maybe I can hold on to him. It seemed like there's a lot of Oakland A's pitchers that are available in the waiver wire, and I know Fires has struggled. And uh, I just figured the A's, you know, pretty good bullpen, probably going to score some runs. They're going to win some games. So, you know, just trying to throw the darts on the, the starting pitchers that are going to pitch for teams that are going to win games. So, uh 
but you just, um, you know, I, I've tried not to be tempted to somebody, you know, the guys that the Detroit pitcher and the Toronto pitcher that's got off the hot starts, you know, you know, know what their skill set is and not invest in guys that are going to have downside. So wins are important and uh, pitching for the right ballpark and team is also a big factor. All right, let people know your coverage for the NFL draft. What do you got coming up on Scout Fantasy? Well, right now I'm flipping the stats all over to the next season, and then I'm probably next uh, Tuesday I will probably have the Buffalo Bills, you know, outlook done, and then I'll do probably three a week going forward, uh, possibly a four depending on the schedule, and I probably have about nine weeks of work to get uh, all 32 teams done, then follow up with the projections, and then we'll be off to the races waiting for uh, – training camp to you know come in july so it's it's a pretty pretty interesting time because there shouldn't be a lot of injuries get a good feel for what's going on and especially the excitement of the new players going to the new teams all right that's sean child make sure you check out those in-depth team profiles on scoutfantasysports.com when we return i'll get you lineups for the night ahead in mob The Fantasy Sports Network is hitting you from all angles with the best fantasy sports and betting analysis. You can catch the latest programming on so many platforms, there's no way you'll miss out on any of the award-winning programming we pump out every single day. You can listen through the FNTSY radio app, iHeartRadio, TuneIn Radio, Stitcher. Download our podcast through iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Audioboom, and you can watch select programming on the FNTSY YouTube channel. The Fantasy Sports Network, your only source for fantasy sports and wagering anytime and anywhere. Lose weight now. Go to fat100.com. Lose that unwanted belly fat today and get free information at fat100.com. Fit in the dress or pants or bathing suits you've always wanted to. Go to fat100.com. Lose 10, 20, or more pounds immediately. Go to fat100.com. For free information on how you can lose weight, go to fat100.com. Fat100.com. That's fat100.com. Are you single? Everyone single is looking for the best date possible. Well, I found one website that can find you the best date, and it's called TheBestDate100.com. Just go there and log in for your free trial and see if you can find your new and maybe last best date. Remember, you can find the best date of your life at TheBestDate100.com. That's TheBestDate100.com. One more time, TheBestDate100.com. Rain dance. Make it rain. Houston started that game off where Utah came out house of fire. And the same thing, though. All of a sudden now, Houston went from laying two and a half, three. Now they were getting four, four and a half, five. Risk reward. Same concept, different result. It only works, of course, provided that the side you're on actually covers and wins. Weekdays, 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern on the Fancy Sports Network and on your popular podcast providers. It is Scout Fantasy Sports here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Adam Rohn is here until 4 p.m. Eastern. You can catch all my work, scoutfantasysports.com. Any questions you have regarding your league, trades, waiver wire pickups, we will answer it. So become a member today. And you heard Sean Childs talking about he's going to start to do his in-depth team previews. And it is a good thing that he does two, three a week because they're pretty extensive. So if you really want to get ahead of the curve, now's the time to join, read those team previews, because uh, you're going to need some time. They're pretty in-depth, but if you start doing it now, late April, I mean, you're going to just be ahead of the curve, and we already have 
best ball drafts up at playffwc.com, Dynasty Startup Draft. So now's the time to get ahead of everyone else and get your football coverage. So head on over to scoutfantasysports.com. You can tune in to live coverage of the first round of the 2019 NFL Draft Thursday evening at 8 p.m. Eastern right here on the FNTSY Sports Radio Network with Mike Blewett, Dane Martinez, and Emery Hunt. And if you're not driving, catch video coverage of the broadcast on the FNTSY Sports Network YouTube page where you can weigh in with your thoughts and reactions in real time in the chat room. That's right. It's only April for fantasy football players and NFL bettors. The season starts now, and we're on the clock with you at 8 p.m. Eastern this Thursday. Hop into the YouTube chat room and gloat, vent, or give us your opinions. It's the 2019 NFL Draft here on the FNTSY Sports Network, Thursday, 8 p.m. to midnight Eastern. One game going on this afternoon. It is in the ninth inning. The Tigers lead the Red Sox 6-3 in game one of a day-night doubleheader. Chris Sale was the starter in this one, and it was mixed. The velocity was around 92-93. I think he did top about at 94. There was some hard contact. He went five innings, allowed five hits, two earned runs, two walks, did strike out 10, 97 pitches, 72 for strikes. Matt Boyd on the other side, solid outing for him once again. Didn't get a ton of strikeouts, but seven innings, three hits, three runs, two walks, three strikeouts. 87 pitches, 59 for strikes, a 3.16 ERA. He allowed one home run to Xander Bogarts. That was his third of the year. Mookie Betts has the other two runs driven in for the Red Sox. For the Tigers, Rodriguez with three hits and a home run. Grayson Griner with two hits, two RBIs, and a home run. And Josh Harrison, who has struggled and bumped down to the seventh spot in the order, two for four with a run and two RBIs. So the six RBIs for Detroit coming from the six, seven, eight spots in the order as uh, they lead this game 6-3 in the ninth inning. Kind of odd that the team in the eighth inning in a tie game, they went to Brewer instead of Brazier or Matt Barnes. They didn't play yesterday, and uh, kind of interesting decision there. Uh, is the That's been the problem for the Red Sox, is that bullpen getting to Barnes and Brazier, and Brewer uh, gave up three runs there in that eighth inning. Uh, let's take a look at some of the lineups for tonight as we have a full slate of games. Uh, the Marlins are in Cleveland, 6-10 p.m. Eastern. Pablo Lopez against Carlos Carrasco. Lopez has pitched very well. The surface numbers don't show it, but a lot of the underlying numbers are very good. The problem is he's not going to win many games here on this Marlins team. But there is value in the Marlins starting pitchers in season-long fantasy. You just don't want to have two of them on the same team because that really will hurt you in the wins category. For the Marlins, leading off, Curtis Granderson in left field. Martin Prado's at first base hitting second. Brian Anderson in right field hitting third. Neil Walker, the DH hitting cleanup. Starlin Castro at second base hitting fifth. Jorge Alfaro is the catcher batting sixth. Miguel Rojas at short hitting seventh. Isaac Galloway in center field hitting eighth. And John Birdie at third base Hitting ninth for the Indians, Francisco Lindor at short leading off. Leonis Martin in center field hitting second. Jose Ramirez at third base hitting third. Carlos Santana is the cleanup hitter at first base. Carlos Gonzalez the DH hitting fifth. Jason Kipnis at second base hitting sixth. Roberto Perez the catcher hitting seventh. Jake Bowers in left field hitting eighth. And Tyler Naquin in right field hitting ninth. The Braves in Cincinnati. Kevin Gossman off to a great start this year. 
against Sonny Gray, who was also pitched very well after his season debut where he struggled. For the Braves, Ozzie Albies at second base leading off, Josh Donaldson at third base hitting second, Freddie Freeman at first base hitting third, Ronald Acuna is in left field hitting cleanup, Nick Markakis in right field hitting fifth, Dansby Swanson's at short hitting sixth, Tyler Flowers behind the plate batting seventh, Ender Inciarte in center field batting eighth, and on the mound, Kevin Gossman batting ninth. For the Reds, Joey Votto is back in the lineup. He missed consecutive games with a back injury. He is back at first base, leading off. Eugenio Suarez is the third baseman, hitting second. Jesse Winker in left field, hitting third. He's picked it up lately. Yasiel Puig is hitting cleanup in right field. Scott Shevlers in center field, batting fifth. Tucker Barnhart, the catcher, hitting sixth. Jose Iglesias at shortstop, hitting seventh. Sonny Gray on the mound, hitting eighth. And Jose Peraza dropped to the ninth spot. Playing second base, he is really off to a terrible start this year. And I liked him going into the year. I thought he would get some speed and pop. I was hoping he would hit leadoff. He did for a game or two while Votto was out, but uh, he's just swinging everything and probably putting a lot of pressure on himself, which I think a lot of Reds are doing right now. But remember, he did have a big second half last year. So in deep performance, you could stay patient. I did get a question on the message board asking about Peraza or Jorge Polanco. I would go Polanco at this point. Uh, He's just been... Uh, I think it was kind of close between those two going into the year, even though I had Peraza higher. But, uh, you know, Peraza's already been dropped in the order, and you got to worry about playing time down the road. Uh, Polanco is a fixture hitting number two in that lineup, so Polanco is the preferred play there. Diamondbacks in Pittsburgh. Uh, Luke Weaver against Trevor Williams. Gerard Dyson's in center field leading off. Eduardo Escobar's at third base hitting second. David Peralta is in left field hitting third. Adam Jones, the cleanup hitter in right field. Christian Walker at first base hitting fifth. Cattell Marte at second base batting sixth. Nick Ahmed is the shortstop hitting seventh. Carson Kelly is the catcher batting eighth. And Luke Weaver off to a great start this year on the mound batting ninth. For the Pirates, Adam Frazier is at second base leading off. Melky Cabrera, who left yesterday's game with an injury, didn't say what it was. Well, he's fine. He's in the lineup again in left field batting second. Gregory Polanco in right field hitting third. Josh Bell at first base hitting cleanup. Colin Moran is at third base hitting fifth. Brian Reynolds in center field hitting six. Francesco Cervelli behind the plate batting seventh. Cole Tucker, the shortstop, hitting eighth. And on the mound, Trevor Williams for the Pirates. The White Sox in Baltimore. Ivan Nova against Andrew Kashner, the pitching matchup you have been all waiting for. For the White Sox, Juan Moncada leading off at third base. Tim Anderson is at shortstop batting second. Jose Abreu at first base hitting third. Yonder Alonso is the DH hitting cleanup. Wellington Castillo is the catcher hitting fifth. Nicky Delmonico in left field hitting sixth. Ryan Cordell in right field hitting seventh. Yolmer Sanchez at second base batting eighth. Adam Engel in center field batting ninth. For the Orioles, Jonathan Villar leading off at second base. Trey Mancini's in right field hitting second. Dwight Smith Jr. back in the lineup. Missed consecutive games with sore, a sore quad, but he is back. Uh, in left field hitting third. Renato Nunez has been on fire. He is the DH hitting cleanup. Rio Ruiz at third base hitting fifth. Joey Rickard in center field hitting sixth. Chris Davis at first base hitting seventh. Jesus Sucre is the catcher hitting eighth. And Richie Martin is at shortstop hitting ninth for the Orioles. The Giants in Toronto. Jeff Samarja against Trent Thornton. Leading off for the Giants, Steven Duger in right field. Gerardo Parra's in left field hitting second. Buster Posey, who had his first home run of the season over the weekend. He is the catcher hitting third. 
Brandon Belts at first base, hitting cleanup. Evan Longoria at third base, batting fifth. Pablo Sandoval, the DH, batting sixth. Brandon Crawford at short, hitting seventh. Kevin Pillar in center field, hitting eighth. And Joe Panic at second base, hitting ninth. What a terrible lineup. The Royals taking on the Rays. Homer Bailey off two good starts against Ryan Stanek, the opener for the Rays. For the Royals, Whit Merrifield leading off at second base. Alberto Mondesi at short, hitting second. Alex Gordon off to a tremendous start this year. He's in left field, hitting third. Jorge Soler in right field, hitting cleanup. Ryan O'Hearn at first base, hitting fifth. Lucas Duda, the DH, hitting sixth. Chris Owings at third base, hitting seventh. Martin Maldonado is the catcher, hitting eighth. And Billy Hamilton in center field, hitting ninth as no Hunter Dozier. He left yesterday's game with back spasms. And uh, he is also out of the lineup today as well. For the Rays, Brandon Lau leading off at first base. Tommy Pham in left field hitting second. Yandy Diaz is the DH hitting third. Joey Wendell is hitting cleanup at second. Avisail Garcia in right field hitting fifth. Kevin Kiermeyer in center field hitting sixth. Daniel Robertson at third base hitting seventh. Mike Zunino, who homered yesterday, is the catcher hitting eighth. And Willie Adamas at short. Batting ninth, the Phillies back in New York to take on the Mets. Zach Eflin against Zach Wheeler. Leading off for the Phillies, Andrew McCutcheon in left field. JT Romuto is the catcher, batting second. Bryce Harper, who got ejected yesterday for arguing, and Jake Arrieta had some words to say about Harper after the game. Uh, basically said that can't happen, especially in a division game against the Mets, and we know the NL East is going to be a real tight battle this year. Uh, Reese Hoskins at first base, hitting cleanup. Mikel Franco at third base, hitting fifth. So with all the injuries, Franco has moved up in the order. Cesar Hernandez at second base, hitting sixth. Phil Gosselin's at shortstop, batting seventh. Zach Eflin on the mound, hitting eighth. And Roman Quinn in center field, batting ninth for the Phillies. For the Mets, Brandon Nimmo in center field, leading off. Pete Alonso at first base, hitting second. Robinson Cano back in the lineup after sitting yesterday. He was hit on the hand by a pitch on Sunday, but he's okay. He's at second, hitting third. Michael Conforto in right field, hitting cleanup. Wilson Ramos is a catcher, hitting fifth. Jeff McNeil in left field, hitting sixth. Todd Frazier activated off the injured list yesterday. Had a hit and a stolen base, so he's at third base, hitting seventh. So no J.D. Davis once again. Luis Guillermo at shortstop is a med Rosario dealing with an illness. He's out for the second straight night. And Zach Wheeler on the mound, hitting ninth for the Mets. Uh, also tonight, we got the Cubs hosting the Dodgers. Kenta Maeda against Jose Quintana, leading off for the Cubs. Ben Zobrist in right field. Chris Bryant is the third baseman, hitting second. Anthony Rizzo at first base, hitting third. Javier Baez at short, hitting cleanup. Kyle Schwarber is in left field, batting fifth. Wilson Contreras, one of the top-hitting catchers this year. He is uh, batting sixth. Daniel Del Scasso at seventh, second base, hitting seventh. Jason Hayward in center field, hitting eighth. And Jose Quintana on the mound, batting ninth. The Twins are in Houston to take on the Astros. Michael Pineda against Wade Miley. For the Twins, Mitch Garver leading off. He is the catcher. Jorge Polanco on fire right now at short, batting uh, second. Nelson Cruz, the DH, hitting third. Eddie Rosario in left field, hitting cleanup. C.J. Crone at first base, batting fifth. Marwin Gonzalez at third, hitting sixth. Jonathan Scope at second base, hitting seventh. Max Kepler usually hitting leadoff, but against the lefty tonight, they drop him down to the eighth spot. He's playing right field. And Byron Buxton in center field, hitting ninth tonight for the Twins. So a lot of action there tonight. Uh, as we don't have every single lineup in, uh, they will start to trickle out soon. But the other matchups for tonight, remember you got the second game over doubleheader. 
in Boston. It'll be Spencer Turnbull against Hector Velasquez. Milwaukee's in St. Louis. Zach Davies against Daniel Ponce de Leon. He's filling in for Michael Waka, who was placed on the injured list with uh, patellar tendonitis in his knee. It sounds like, though, he is not going to uh, miss much time. They think it might only be one start, but, hey, you just don't know. A lot of times they'll say that, and uh, it turns out to be that that's not the case, that they miss more. But uh, it sounds like it's not too serious for Waco, who was coming off a really good start against Milwaukee. It's kind of unfortunate, and the injury came out of nowhere. Uh, no one really talked about it, and it was stunning to kind of see yesterday uh, with the news breaking as you're setting in your lineups that all of a sudden that he was out. Uh, we got the uh, Rockies hosting the Nationals. Patrick Corbin against Jeff Hoffman as, again, Kyle Freeland was placed on the injured list with a blister. Again, that's another one that kind of came out of nowhere as well. And uh, Hoffman will get the start tonight. Uh, the Yankees in Anaheim take on the Angels. It'll be Domingo Herman against Chris Stratton. Herman, one of the highest-priced pl- pitchers in DFS today. I certainly think he can go out there and perform very well. Uh, but a lot of people not really wanted to paying up for pitching right now. And you could understand with a lot of volatility, even when we see aces in good spots, they've been getting hammered. And a uh, good idea to kind of get your bats out there. Uh, the Rangers in Oakland to take on the Athletics. Lance Lynn against Frankie Matas. Matas has been pretty good so far. That splitter has worked really well for him. Uh, and it's something that I noticed in the spring. And that's why I made a pickup from him in uh, week one in the Great Fantasy Baseball Invitational. And... A lot of the injuries there, I got Mike Clevenger, so I've had to kind of rely on Montas. I uh, got to have him in the lineup this week. Would like to see more strikeouts, and I think he has the ability to get them. Uh, in Texas, certainly a tough lineup, uh, not as good on the road, and especially there in Oakland with that spacious foul ground. Uh, but Montas, I think he's definitely intriguing uh, for sure. He's been a little bit fortunate so far in some of his uh, underlying numbers, but uh, if, if he can increase the strikeouts and uh, especially with that splitter you could see his numbers take a nice jump up so he's been getting a lot of ground balls 59 percent ground ball rate he's cut down the hard contact from last year uh would just like to see him get more strikeouts and in order for to do that he's gonna have to get more swings and misses but he has been hitting the strike zone more often his first pitch strike rate is up four percent from last year so certainly a good sign for him there seattle's in san diego eric swanson against nick margevicious and Marjavicious has been off to a good start, but this is a guy that doesn't throw very hard at all. He only throws about 88 miles per hour with his fastball. He struggled in his last start, and uh, there's some good right-handed power bats there for Seattle. So was forced to start him in a league where I wasn't sure about Aaron Sanchez this week. Not sure if he's going to make that start this week with the cracked fingernail. So I had to take a shot and put someone in, and Waka went to the injured list. So really didn't have much of a choice, but I'm a little bit worried about it with some of those right-handed power bats for Seattle. And Eric Swanson's uh, intriguing, uh, did a fantasy pros questionnaire last week. It published a couple days ago, or maybe it was Friday. I think it published Friday, asking for like a under-the-radar uh, pickup. And uh, Swanson was my answer just because it looks like he's going to get an opportunity here to start with Wade LeBlanc injured. He was very good in his first start. Uh and, uh, you know, he'll get to face the pitcher in the National League. So certainly someone to, to keep an eye on tonight, especially if he has a good start. Maybe you can take a look at him uh, if you are searching for a, a desperation starter in a deep league. And pretty much everyone is now with all these injuries that are occurring. We're kind of having to dive deep and, um, you know, make uh, that pickup. Uh, 
So uh, we also got uh, Matt Kemp, if you missed it, landed on the 10-day injury list. It's not like he was playing a ton, but he crashed into the outfield wall on Sunday, and uh, he's got a broken rib. So Philip Irvin was called up. Uh, I don't expect him to get much playing time. Uh, obviously, it'll be Puig in the outfield with Winker. Winker's really started to pick it up, and they put him uh, third in the lineup tonight. Uh, the Pirates did place Nick Birdie on the 10-day injury list with right best bicep and elbow pain. Kind of unfortunate for him because he was pitching well, and I could have seen a path for him uh, to play more high-leverage situation. And if anything happened to Felipe Vasquez, I thought he was going to get an opportunity to maybe potentially close or at least you know go into an eighth-inning role because uh, his numbers were ridiculous. He had a 42.5% strikeout rate, a 7.5% walk rate. Now, the whip was high and the BABIP was high, but uh, and he was allowing a lot of hard contact, but the strikeout numbers were there. Uh, with uh, 17 strikeouts and eight and two-thirds innings. But he's hit the DL. No need to stash him now. That wraps it up here. You can always check me out, scoutfantasysports.com. If you have any questions, ask them on the message boards and forums. Go over to playffwc.com, and I'll be back tomorrow, 2 p.m. Eastern.